As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 173. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate your support. Please make sure you're telling your friends, your family, your coworkers all about this show. Keep this community growing. I appreciate your support. We're continually rising in the iTunes rankings, and I couldn't do it without your support. If you haven't done so, please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review, and let let the world know what you think about this show. Again, thank you so much for your support. I want to introduce to you my new partners to the show, 99designs. You know, they've been so great with me and helping me with my design of my business. You know, it's all about selection, speed, and creativity. These are just a few benefits of having several designers work for you and helping you on your project. So if you want to start your next design project, I encourage you to go to 99designs.com slash leadership and get a $99 power pack of services absolutely free. Well, I'm excited to have on my show today, Larry Agresto. You know, in May 20th, 1995, Larry became a single father literally overnight. His wife, Jody, and the mother of his two daughters, Lauren, age 12, and Julia, age 8, was rushed to the hospital on Thursday night his wife was pronounced dead on Saturday morning. She had not been ill, so these turn of events were both a shock and a tragedy for Larry and his daughters. A father's new beginning takes you on a heartfelt journey and learning experience about how Larry made a difference in the lives of his two daughters so that as you as a single father can learn how to develop similar results with your children. Larry, I'm excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Thank you, Rich. I'm excited to be here as well. Thanks for the invitation. Well, guys, tell us, you know, bring us a little bit back more. You know, I gave the brief outline there in the, in the bio about the, the kind of the, what's, what's driving your passion. And, uh, but bring us up to speed. Tell us a little bit more about how you got to where you're at today. Well, it's been, it's been a long journey. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the things that I'm doing today, uh, I wanted to do uh, much sooner. But being a single dad, raising two young girls, uh, having a career, and the responsibilities of a career, um, I had to kind of put things off until uh, my, my my career wound down. So, um, what uh, what I did was I wrote the book, A Father's New Beginning, which again it's it's a personal memoir, and uh, it tells the story about how uh, I unfortunately became a single dad literally overnight, raised my girls as a single dad for uh, for many years, 
but I also wrote the book in a manner that uh, I built emotional attributes into each chapter as I go along and tell the story. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, emotional attributes that will help um, other single dads and fathers in general, uh, as, as well as single parents, uh, just in regards to, you know, what 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 are some of the emotional challenges that you're faced with? Uh, certainly, as a as a parent or a father who becomes a single dad overnight, but as a parent in general. And uh, for instance, the first chapter is about courage and vulnerability, and so mm. I talk about courage, which is something that um, you know all dads need to display to the children, especially when there's a setback in life. But I also talked about the importance of fathers being willing to uh, to demonstrate vulnerability, uh, which is something I think a lot of men have an issue with. And, you know, in, in, in retrospect, vulnerability is really a very, very powerful form of strength. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah, I love that you said that. You know, we talk about that a lot on the show. I can't agree with you more. When How did that come about? I mean, when when did you realize... You know, because as men, like you said, and I can imagine, um, you know, what a shock losing your wife literally overnight, like didn't even see it coming. There, our tendency is like, oh, we got to be strong. We got to show the strength. You know, I can't show, I got to be this stoic figure. What changed for you? What was kind of the aha moment that made you say, yeah, I have to be, you know, there's great strength and vulnerability? Well, what, what happened, Mitch, because, because the uh, Jody's death was, was so tragic and so sudden, um, all of a sudden, she wasn't with me in bed at night, so I developed insomnia. I couldn't sleep. Wow. And um, so I was, and I'm, and I'm not a night owl. I'm, I'm a morning person, and I was just up all hours of the night reading, going downstairs watching TV, watching some of my old favorite movies, right. whatever. Um, I, I couldn't sleep. And at the same time, um, this was about a couple of months into, uh, maybe three months after Jody's uh, death, uh, you know, I could tell my girls were struggling a little bit, and um, I was constantly trying to find ways to reach them and, and connect with them and communicate with them and, and open them up and always thinking, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? Um, so what I finally started doing to go to sleep, I, I would go into Jody's walk-in closet, and I would bring my pillow in with me, and I'd sit down on the floor, and I'd take one of Jody's blouses, uh, you know, tops, whatever, I'd wrap it around my neck, so I could still like smell her scent, mm. and, and that comforted me, and I was able to cry myself to sleep. Um, well, for some strange reason, I just thought I'm going to share this with my girls, so they can see that you know, dad is struggling too. Dad, this is what dad's going through. This is what dad's feeling. Um, thinking that if I share this with them, that it would it would give them um, you know it would give them permission sure. to to feel the same way to feel sad to to feel broken um, so on and so forth so that's that's really how that transpired. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's so, oh, that's very powerful, Larry. I mean, it's it's. I mean, there's so many things wrapped up in that, but you're absolutely right. You know, I even I think back and you know even generation you know your father, your grandfather probably wouldn't have done that, you know, or share that with, with their kids. Maybe they would have. I mean, I'm generalizing, but I mean, it just seems like, um, for me, I can see the strength because I can see, I mean, I'm sure your daughters to this day appreciate that, that, um, 
kind of sentiment or that take that action. Am, am I correct in that? Um, yeah, I you know I don't I don't talk to my girls a lot these days about specific episodes or things. Um, you know, we we talk in general about things. Um, they're both doing well, and I'm grateful for that. But I agree with what you said about about our dads and, and their dads, and it's just it's just a generational thing. They yeah they they were they were brought up to be providers. Um, you know, put food on the table, keep a roof over your head, and 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 maybe you know authority figures. Um, I think today's dads are a little more open, a little more domesticated, a little more sensitive. Um, and, uh, so I would agree with you that our dads probably would not have done something like that. Um, but, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad I did it. And, uh, I know, I know for sure that, uh, it was the only thing that I did that for weeks. I didn't just do it once. I did it yeah. for weeks because it was the only way I could sleep. I can imagine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what else is what else um, in the book? I haven't had a chance to read the book. Tell me more. What's uh, what's in the chapters? Well, um, again, see so if you go through the whole book. As you go through the book, it tells the story uh, in, in the in the form of a personal memoir. But but then, as I mentioned, I break down each chapter into specific emotional attributes. So we just talked about chapter one. Chapter two, I talk about relationship and security and how important how important it is to really develop a meaningful relationship with your with your children, especially when you have a setback such as a, a tragic death or a, a bad divorce. Um, and I think that's something else that a lot of fathers miss. I think fathers think that because they're the provider, okay, and uh, because you know they're they're like uh, you know the head of the household, so to speak. I think. A lot of fathers, not all, but a lot of fathers miss the opportunity and miss and don't really comprehend or understand the importance of developing a very strong, meaningful relationship with with your children, um, and that how that plays out in the, in a child's life as they go forward um, is, is security. They feel they feel very secure. In the uh, in the family unit and in the relationship and within themselves as individuals, and um, so one of the things that I did uh, was when, for instance, when I got home from work, um, I always had a I always had a, a monkey suit on. I'd come home, take off my monkey suit, I put on some classical music, pour myself a glass of wine, and we had a uh, we had a counter between our dining room and the kitchen. And as soon as I got home, the girls would line up on the counter if they weren't already there, um, either to finish up their homework um, or to just talk about their day. And they'd watch me make dinner, and we would, you know, we would converse and we would talk. And I'd find out how their day went, and good, bad, and indifferent. And, and they'd find out about my day. And um, so, you know, I think what, what dads miss because of their schedule, because they've got so many demands on them, career projects. Uh, they miss those little moments where um, I think those kinds of uh, circumstances, the one I just just shared, really provide a lot of meaningful uh, emotion for children and uh, really helps children to develop a sense of, oh, okay, um, you know, dad's, dad's still here. 
I have this relationship with dad. This is secure, um, and I'm I'm fine, kind of thing. So um, that's what that chapter is about. Well, I like that. You know, it's almost like, and I think as men, I know I've been guilty of this. I think, and especially when, <clears throat> you know, you're faced with a, and I can't imagine what it's going like through that tragic event, but it's almost like we fall into a mode that you feel like you got to solve things to get to a certain point. Like it's almost like you go through this manic exercise of trying to solve the problem because you want things to be right. What I heard you say in that kind of just kind of going through the little things and painting to the little things, it's like just slowing down a little bit, kind of accepting uh what has happened for what has happened and we don't have to solve anything i just have to be present i just have to be to show that yeah there is some stability that, that i'm still here am i articulating that right i mean i think that's what i'm trying to try absolutely absolutely rich i i, I think you i think you're right on because and, and and here's here's one of the saving graces of of a of a, of a tragic death versus a divorce um once jody was gone there wasn't a damn thing that i could do about it right Right, and so there's nothing to fix. Right. Okay, I mean, I, I had to get that. There's nothing to fix. I can't change anything. The only thing I could impact was my girls and how they related to it and how they related to me and how they did it within, their, within themselves, within life, going forward as a result of it. So, so yeah, just, just putting together those, those little pieces and um, what I found and this is one of the other things I started doing right after we lost George, I started meditating. Mm. Um, and meditating, as you know, um, it helps you to be much more self-aware. Right. And, and as a result of being self-aware, I think that had a lot to do with my being able to be aware of the two of them and you know, just pick up on how they were doing or not doing. And, and just it allowed me to put together these little pieces um, which is really what makes the big difference. It's day to day. It's not, yeah. It's not. Let's sit down and 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 fix this. Right. There's, there's really nothing to fix. Right. I know. I mean, that's that's the point, right? That's the kind of the. Um, that's what I was trying to articulate. That's the awareness piece that we need to be aware of. I and mean, even if whatever bad things are going to happen to all of us, I mean, that's one thing we can all guarantee. Is some sometime throughout life, something bad is going to kind of upset the apple cart no matter what it is and i guess that's what i was trying to see in the past which doesn't work but what i tend to think that we try to do is especially as men is that we try to right try to fix it but there's nothing to fix at that moment we just need to be, be aware of the situation be present in the situation and just kind of i don't know like you said be completely self-aware and be completely present um, yeah, I mean, in, in doing that, you're, you're right. Again, in doing that, it just it allows you to be there in the moment, right? Because that's all you have. And yeah, because that's all you have, and, and that's that's really where you that's that's the only thing you can impact is is the moment. Um, so uh, you know, so that's that's what that chapter is about. And then um, there's you know, uh, there's, I think there's ten chapters in in total, and, and the next chapter is on love and discipline and. Uh, in that chapter, I thought I talk about the distinction between authority and discipline, which I which I make a big one. I, I draw I draw a big fat line between authority and discipline. Um, you know, in, in my mind, um, as a as, 
uh, I, I think authority is about rules and regulations and right. compliance. Um, and uh, I think a lot of parents think that, that that has a lot to do with being a parent. Um, and on the other side of the fence, discipline is really a, a form of love. And discipline is, is more about support, guidance, and giving your kids, you know, the, the, the support and the tools that they need so they can go out into the world and navigate. And um, so, you know, discipline, although a lot of people think discipline is the same thing as authority, and, and, and I, I really differentiate between the two uh, dramatically. And um, so discipline, in my, in, in, in my essence, and this is what I talk about in Chapter 3, discipline is really a form of love um, because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're preparing your, your, your children. You're, you're giving them life lessons, if you will. So you're giving them like a compass or a roadmap um, in regards to going out into the world and learning how to navigate um, in this crazy world that we have today. <laughs> yeah. What, um, you know, going back to, so you worked in corporate America prior to and, and after the threat. What did you do? I did. I was in information technology consulting. I was, um, I worked with, uh, I would say it was a tier two consulting firm. We went into Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 companies and augmented their 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 technical or business staffs in regards to, you know, getting getting out uh, projects, uh, technical projects, computer projects, IT projects, and I was on the uh, I was on the sales end and I I worked my way into sales management and then branch management and then regional management. Hey, halfway through the show, I want to take some time out to talk about my partners, 99designs. You know, branding is a huge deal. I've learned a lot about it over the last 20 months, and we talk about branding a lot when you're in the business community and the entrepreneurship game. It's a term that gets thrown around by all types of people, and you may be wondering, hey, what is the big deal all about? What is branding anyway? In a nutshell, your brand is the set of perceptions people have about your company. It's an emotional expression of your value that your audience creates. If you want to become a leader in your space, design is key in communicating your brand. And when customers have seemingly endless choices in this noisy world, design becomes crucial in helping you stand out and giving you that competitive edge. But what options are available to people like us who are bootstrapping it with little little to spend on design? Many have turned to online marketplaces like 99designs like I have to help build their brand on a budget. You get maximum creativity with 99designs contest model where they get dozens of designers to compete to deliver you your best design. You get to be involved in the process too and walk away with a logo, a website, or other design that truly represents who you are and your brand. I've used 99designs and I love what they did for me. Visit 99designs.com slash leadership and get a $99 power pack of services absolutely free today. Take me to the point of how you were prior to your wife's death and then um, obviously that event, I mean, from the ideas, from the leadership standpoint of the the courage, the vulnerability, uh, the love, the discipline, the authenticity, respect, all these things that, that you believe now and you write about now and you live now, how different or um, how do I phrase this question? How did that event of your wife's passing change you in, in with respect to those leadership traits? How did it change me? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, well, you know, that's a, that's a very good question. When, um, when, 
when my wife was was alive, uh, I was I was a pretty involved dad. I mean, I would if I wasn't traveling, which I didn't do often because it was more local kind of work. Uh, you know, I, I would read to my kids at night and help tuck them in, and I'd sure. help them with their homework. Uh, I would I would go to athletic events, school events, so I was I was involved. Uh, but once I lost Jody, I realized because there was so much more to do, I realized how much more I could do. Mm. Uh, and initially, when I thought of that, when I had that thought, it was it was scary. I mean, it was it was full of stress, and how am I going to do this? And um, you know, uh, just you know, I just I just, I, I just think I'm going to fail at how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to raise two girls and, and and hold down my career and and do all the other things? Um, and I talk about that in the book as well. And I, I, I the, the back of the book has uh, an organizational plan in there because what I had to do was I had to get very very organized. Okay, and I actually, I actually carried two. I, I had two daily planners. Uh, one I brought to work with me and was in my briefcase, and one which was an exact replica. Um, I left at home, and, um, and I did that so that the girls, the girls and I were on the same page as much as possible. And even though, I mean, Julia was only eight when when we lost Jody. Um, Lauren was older. Lauren was able to follow the the, the daily plan. What, what I had to do was I had to get very, very organized because the more organized you are, um, the, the more organized your kids are going to be. Right. And um, so, so, you know, what, what I realized was how much more I could do and needed to do, uh, got very organized. And um, the president of my company uh, probably bestowed upon my girls and I the greatest gift that anyone ever could have, which was basically that summer, Jody died at the end of May, May 20th, the girls went back to school the first week of September, as all kids do, um, he allowed me to work from home for the summer. Oh, wow. Um, and that made all the difference in the world, because I'm convinced, Rich, that if I went back to work you know, on a, on a normal schedule and my girls were left at home with a babysitter or whatever um, throughout the summer... I don't believe that today they would be where they are emotionally. Wow! Uh, I, I, th- I just think that would have that would have left a big a big void for them emotionally, because that being with them every day like that, you know, seven days a week throughout the summer. Um, even though you know I, I was on conference calls and I was making calls, but I was I was home more than I wasn't. You know, we we'd have lunch together, we'd go out and walk the dog, we'd go out for ice creams, little things like that. Um, I think it really helped to make the girls know that, okay, we lost mom, but dad's here, and dad's yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah, get you, uh, again, going back to that relationship, that security, the love, all of those things, that is so, yeah, yeah that is yeah. so true. One, yeah, so, so that, that man, his name is Ralph Durante, that man is uh, was was an angel for me, and um, I uh, I would... If he called me today and said, "Larry, I'm stuck in China," uh, you'd be, I, you'd some, be there. Somehow, I'd get there to help him. Yeah, is he still around? He is still around. He's um, he's down in Connecticut. Our company was headquartered out of Connecticut. He's down in Connecticut. He's retired now because he's, you know, he's about ten years older than me. Um, but he's still around. Oh, that's great. He's a good man. 
I'm sure he knows uh, how important that was to you. I mean, that's just that's absolutely great. I mean, those are those little those are those things that just get me. It gives me it gave me goosebumps when you're telling me that because it's those little. They may seem innocuous at the time to the person, you know, not to you obviously, but to to him at the time. It just seemed like the common sense thing to do. But it is amazing sometimes that that people do miss the boat on that kind of common sense action that he took, and it made the world a difference. And it. To him, it was probably it just it wasn't even a second thought to him. You know what I mean? But and on the grand scheme of things, it probably seemed like, well, why wouldn't I do it any other way? But you're absolutely right. I mean, that was probably a, a linchpin that could have made it go one way or the other. Absolutely. Yep. So we so even though there was a tragedy, and then besides Ralph, each of my girls had an angel. Um, my my daughter Julia had a neighbor right across the street, Kate Whalen who had a daughter Julia's age, and she took Julia under her wings, and everywhere she went with her daughter, she brought Julia along. Uh. And then Lauren had a, another neighbor down the street. Um, Pam was in her mid, mid-30s. mid She was just right starting a family, and she kind of um, took Lauren under her wings like a big sister. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the neighborhood, the community, the school system, um, I was just, I was very touched by how, uh, people, when you really need people to be there, they're there. And, um, the, the love and the support that they showed, um, especially in the, in the, in the first six months to a year just made all the difference in the world. Oh, that's great. I love hearing those stories yeah. because you're absolutely right. I mean, that's what, that's what, it's the whole essence of why we exist as human beings and it gets down to it. I mean, and, and that at the heart is, is that authentic, courageous leadership that I'm always at this, we're so in need of, and I know we're talking, you know, in your, your case, everything is, is kind of, you know, to help that single father, that single, that parent, but just on a human level, I mean, everything you're talking about is what's so needed in today's hectic and chaotic world. So I don't know. You talk about authenticity a lot. What what is your kind of take on it? I mean, I I agree with you. I think that that the more authentic we can be, um, it leads to the it, you know it kind of feeds the vulnerability and the courage and dealing with fear and uncertainty. But but give me your thoughts on authenticity. You know, authenticity um, in this day and age can be a, a big challenge for anyone, but uh, I think especially for 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 men and. You know, it gets back to uh, the whole, you know, provider thing. Okay, so right. uh, you know, men men you know have a career and they're raised thinking that well, you know, you go to school, um, hopefully you go to college, um, and you develop the best possible career you can for yourself, and uh, you do that so that you can raise a family and take care of your family, um, and and along the lines. And, and I know this happened to me, and um, and it's and it's still happening to me to this day. Okay, it's something again that you have to be very, I think, very very aware of, um, because you're you you have those responsibilities and you have those goals and those plans. Okay, what can happen is it's like getting on a treadmill, and often what 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 you find out is that what you're doing to achieve those goals and make those plans and dreams possible is, is, is good. But at the same time, is this who I am? Yeah. Is, is, is this really who I am? Okay. 
in regards to authenticity. Um, and again, I was I was fortunate in the town that that, that I grew up in. One of the things that that I got involved in was um, uh, coaching. Uh, Groton Dunn School Youth Basketball League and Softball League. I got involved with coaching, um, and for me, that was that was something that was very authentic because I loved kids. I loved making a difference, and I loved trying to help develop kids and, and, and have a positive impact on their lives in regards to not so important to win the game. It's more important that you how you play the game and how you develop from the start of the season to the end of the season. So something like that allowed me to, um, to to realize and identify with my authenticity. And also, as a result of the tragedy and losing Jody, and this is one of the, you know, even though you have a tragedy, there's always a bright side to the story. Right. Um, be, be, being a, becoming a single dad, okay, um, allowed me to become much more authentic in regards to who I really was. Right. Um, because it, it gave me it, it, it gave me insight to, oh, okay, so I'm not just this person that gets up in the morning, goes to work and closes business and takes care of clients and brings home X amount of money. Um, there's, there's this other side of me, okay, which is really about, you know, impacting my children and, 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 and help and being there for them and connecting with them and, and, and giving them all the support and all, all these emotional attributes so that they can walk out the door on the road to life and, and be the best that they can be. Yeah, you know, and I always hesitate to say, well, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times when bad things like these happen, they say, well, it was all in God's plan and like look at, you know, and I... I I resist that a little bit. Um, I, I don't even pretend to even know, but I think, you know, to, to say that I do believe that God can help you find, um, you know, goodness in any, in every tragedy, like you said, and it's almost like, you know, this was, um, um, this was a, uh, a chance for you to, like you said, find your courageous, authentic self. I mean, that is the gift. I mean, it's not that, I get yeah. This is this is where I, I I draw the line. It's like I don't think God made that happen so you could specifically become the courageous, authentic person you are. But God allowed you or showed you the light that okay, this happened. Now you can become. Do, do you see the difference? Uh, does that make sense? Absolutely. No, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I and I would agree with you. Um, I don't I don't believe that God operates that way. Yeah. Um, but I I do remember. Uh, Throughout most of that summer, I can't tell you how many times I, I did it. I used to do it when I first woke up in the morning. I would do it in the shower, and I would, I would, um, I would basically talk to myself all day long, uh, you know, positive affirmations, and I would just constantly say, "God, just give me the strength and guide me to get through the day." You know, help me to make the right decisions. Help me to do and say the right thing because. I, you know, I'd never, I'd never been in this space before. Right, yeah. Uncharted territory, for sure. Yeah, definitely uncharted territory. And, and, um, and, and it was, it was, it was a scary space to be in. And, um, by the grace of God, I, I was able to do what I needed to do based on 
a lot of the a lot of the support that we've already talked about that I received from people like my 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 my, my boss and, and and neighbors and and people in the community that that made that made a very very big difference. What were your different uh, going back to like say before this event happened? You know, um, I can imagine you had this idea of what life was going to be like. You had dreams and aspirations. What was the the difference in your dreams and aspirations? Uh, you know, pre when Jody was alive and then after Jody was gone. How did that change? Um, well, when Jody when Jody was alive, my dreams and aspirations were. I mean, we lived we lived in a nice, a very nice town. It was a uh, an old old farm town. We lived on a dead end road that abutted conservation land, um, really in the country. Um, so we saw deer all the time, black bears, hawks, you know, the, the whole nine yards. Um, and we, we wanted to stay in that environment, but um, Jody always aspired to buying a big old antique house and, and, and renovating it. And so that was a big dream for us. Um, and it's something that if Jody, you know, if, if Jody was still alive, we probably would have eventually done. Um, you know, she was, we, we, we there were, there were, X amount of houses right in the town that she had her eyes on, and she said, "You know, we when that house goes on the market, we I want to buy that house and and and, and we'll renovate it." And, and so she was really into um, old stuff, character, uh, antiques. Um, so th- that was that was a big dream that that we had, and um, you know, uh, when 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 she was gone and. Every, every everything changed. My prior, all my priorities changed. Um, I I didn't play. I didn't even think about playing golf anymore. Right. Um, you know, I, I wasn't going to get up on Saturday and, and spend half the day at a golf course and leave my kids at home alone. Um, uh, I just said, okay, this this is our home, and and this is this is where we're going to stay, and uh, and uh, and we did until. Uh, you know, uh, I left the house, the, the house in 2004 because I, uh, I after 10 years of being a single dad, uh, I did the Brady Bunch thing. I met a wonderful woman in town as a result of drafting her daughter onto my basketball team, as a matter of fact, <laughs> as my point guard. Um, and we did the Brady Bunch thing, and I walked away from um, from the house that the girls were, were born and raised in. Um, and, uh, but... Uh, that's how it really impacted, uh, you know, any any dreams. Um, I stopped thinking about uh, about material things, and I was much more focused on, um, you know, spiritual spirituality and, and my girls' uh, emotional stability, and, and just I made I made them the priority in my life. Right. I love it. I love this story. I need I need to read this book. I'm going to read this book. I paused. I didn't read it before the the interview, but man, yeah, no worries. <laughs> but you know all these inter- got, all these interviews. It's hard to read. It's hard, so many interviews. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to read them. But, to read. <laughs> but I love this story, and I love this transformation. I love this is exactly what I'm talking about. When and why I love talking to people like you, because the bottom line is we're all of us have one shared thing in common, and that bad things are going to happen to us at varying degrees and others, and you know, the difference between someone who's successful and who's not is how are you going to deal with that unfortunate event? And you're a shining example of, you know, how 
you can take an event like that and turn it into so many positive aspects. And uh, I appreciate that you're sharing this with the world, that you're putting it out there. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to put this all in writing, to put a website, to kind of throw yourself out there and uh, from a creative and from an um, entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, it takes a tremendous amount of courage. So thank you for the gifts that you're providing the world. Well, Rich, th- thank you for, for saying that. I, I appreciate your kind words. And um, it's, um, it's you know, being a single dad, you know, it, it came about as a result of a, a very sad tragedy. But um, as I look back on my life, uh, it, it was the bright spot in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, uh, I mean, who, who I became, who I had to become to be there for my girls, and how I was able to connect with them and uh, hopefully impact their lives in a positive fashion. Um, it, it, it just turned out to be the bright spot of my life. And, um, and you know, in, in doing all that, uh, I, I, I also did it as a tribute to Jody. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, so if, if we can, you know, if we can reach uh, a dad here or a dad there, whether it's through a, a tragedy or a, a, a difficult divorce, uh, that, you know, thinks that, uh, you know, the odds are stacked against him and he, he, he can't, he can't rise to the occasion. Uh, you know, if we can, if we can reach some of those dads and make a difference, then, um, it's, it's, it's all worth it. Well, amen to that. So how can people find you, get in touch with you, give a quick shout out for your, your website and all your services? Well, my website is www.singledads.com plural, singledadswithheart.com, www.singledadswithheart.com. The book, The Father's New Beginning, is available online both at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. You can also find it on my website. Um, I have a newsletter on my website that people can um, sign up for. Um, there's a lot of good free content on the website, including... Um, information that's in the book, Organizational Plan, Principles of Fatherhood. Uh, so there's a lot of free content on the website. And I also have a local radio show uh, that I've been doing that for six months called Parenting Talk Radio. And um, people can listen to it live if they go to uh, www.wfmn, WFMN Radio. Com. The show is on Tuesday mornings uh, from 10 to 11 Eastern Standard Time. I talk, it's, it's an hour show, like your show here. Um, I talk for about 15, 20 minutes, and then I have a guest come on. Um, and, and the guests will range from uh, a divorce attorney who's a father's rights advocate. I just had uh, Dr. Meg Meeker on, who wrote a wonderful book called uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. Um, uh, different authors, child educators. Um, so I try and bring on a guest that, you know, is going to touch on the role of parenting and fatherhood and uh, tragedies and setbacks. And um, so those are all the ways that uh, that people can uh, find out more about, you know, who I am and the work I'm trying to do and, and uh, the difference I'm trying to make out there. Awesome. I'm going to have links to all this on the post when it's out there. People can... Uh, directly linked to it. I'm glad you got a radio show out there. I need to stay in touch with you. I'd love to do what you're doing on on, on the radio too. I, I appreciate uh, that you have a fellow broadcaster on the show. And um, my gosh, Larry, what a great story! Um, 
great story transformation. I love what you're doing, and uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it having you on the show today. Well, thank you, and um, please, please do. Let's stay in touch. Uh, I, I'd love to keep in touch with you, and um, uh, I, I thank you for the invitation, and, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, same here, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for coming on the show, Larry. All right, Richard. Take care. Have a great day. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.